Hi, you're listening to God, Ghosts, and Government, a weekly conversation with Senator Kim Jackson, where she'll reflect on her journey as an Episcopal priest, farmer, first-time state legislator, and much more. I'm your host, Sharitha the J, and I'm honored to share this space with you. Let's begin. Hey, it's your girl, Sharitha J, and I'm here with your favorite senator, Senator Kim Jackson. Senator Jackson, how are you? Hey, girl, I'm doing great. How are you doing? Listen, I'm still a little tired from my time at the Capitol this week for crossover day. You're tired? You, yes. what, what, time, what I, time did you, what time did you leave the Capitol on well, crossover day? Well, I, you know, the sun was still out when I left, but I have a feeling you were there much longer than I. Yeah, so that's why I'm confused about your tiredness because I didn't leave till 1130 and I'm feeling great. Wow, well, listen, I know we had an opportunity to do a live uh, with you for crossover day and my goodness, you really took to running back and forth to make sure you were getting in your votes. So, I mean, I, I would expect that you would be a little tired, but I'm glad that you're feeling good and, and great. I, I want to get into some of what happened on that day. Shall we? Let's do this. Okay. Right out the gate, I got to ask you about SB 140. It is what, it seems like that's what most folks are talking about. Um, I know that you had an opportunity to speak from the well. Would you... Care to, to elaborate on that experience of the day? Yeah, so SB 140 is the bill that would ban um, access for gender affirming care for people under the age of 18, um, specifically deny them access to um, both surgeries and to um, to testosterone and estrogen, you know, based on whatever they need. So access to hormones. Um, it came very late in the day. Um, I think we probably didn't hear it until about 10 or 1030. It was very, very late on purpose. Um, the advocates were, had been there all day waiting for it, it up on the calendar uh, multiple times. Like they send us kind of out like a list of here's when things are going to come and kept getting bumped. So I actually thought maybe we weren't going to hear it, um, but it did get called uh, in the late hours of the day. And um, I, I did, um, yeah, I felt obligated and I had, it felt like I had a responsibility to testify. It's the only time I took the well, all, all of crossover day. And, mm. um, and it was, it was right for me to do that. So um, unfortunately the bill did pass, it passed along party lines. So um, every Republican that was present voted for it, but I will say I have not looked at my colleagues and seen so many downcast face faces, so many people not able to make eye contact with me during a speech that I've ever seen before. I mean, it was it was quite astounding to see, um, you know, that phrase, shame faced it. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it brought it put a whole new meaning to the term shame faced it. They <laughs> my colleagues looked shame faced it as I spoke to them about uh, the damage that this bill, if it became a law, could do to our children. Well, I am often, I'm not a fan of shame, uh, shaming to be uh, a motivator, but in this instance, um, I do think 
And I, I hope that it can be a lesson and that um, it will unharden or disharden their hearts because this is, I mean, this is a significant move that's happening here. Yeah. So, and, and I will play a, a little bit of my speech here, but I um, want to reiterate my gratitude to the trans youth and adults um, and the parents of trans youth and adults who showed up and were in the hallways and really, um, really made it clear that you we could pass that bill, but we wouldn't do so anonymously, right? That they were going to have to see faces. They were going to have to hear stories of the people that were impacted by it, that they couldn't hide from that. And I'm I'm so very grateful. And, you know, you'll hear it in my clip. Listen, I'm not expecting everybody to understand what it means to be trans. Um, really, what I was asking for was a response that was compassionate and empathetic, and that I think ultimately allows kids to live um, without fear that they will will cause harm to themselves. Well, let's take a listen, shall we? Thank you, Mr. President. I wanna begin by acknowledging the Senator from the 13th. I know that you have said many times that your intention is not to harm any children. And I believe that your heart is sincere. However, I believe that this bill ultimately is harmful. I want to also start by acknowledging the trans and non-binary and gender divergent youth and adults who are watching. Some of you are in the gallery, some of you are in the hall, and many of you are at home. I want you to know that we see you, we love you, and we stand with you. Now, in the words of the senator from the ninth, I think we need to have some real talk about what this bill does. You see, when we don't provide children with medical-supported gender-affirming care, we already know what happens to them. When a child doesn't receive the care that they need, they will find themselves binding their chest binding their chest with duct tape and other materials so tightly that doctors have reported that there's been bruising and then breaking of ribs because they haven't had medically supported gender affirming care. We know, we've heard the stories of people who were tuck and then they end up with urinary tract infections again because they have not received the affirming care that they need. And we also have heard the stories of people, young people, cutting. Cutting at and cutting off parts of their body that don't match what they want to see in the mirror. That's what happens when children don't have access to the kind of care that they need. I'm not making these things up. We know this to be true. Listen, I, I understand that you may not get what it is to be trans. You may not understand what it is to, to look in a mirror and see reflected back to you an image that doesn't match how you feel inside. And you don't have to understand it. I'm just asking you to be compassionate and empathetic towards it. Senator Jackson, I know that wasn't your entire speech, but 
I invite our uh, listeners uh, to check out the full speech in its entirety on uh, Facebook, and it's also available on YouTube as well. You can also um, check it out at Campbell Georgia on Instagram. Um, we want to make sure that this is widely available so that pe people understand just where you were coming from and your your intent in that moment. And so I will I will say to you, thank you. Thank yeah, thank you, Sharitha. Um, I'll say that's the longest I've ever been in the well before. It's the longest speech I've ever given, and it's still I think less than eight minutes. Um, but it felt um so so necessary to um speak both to the to the people who were on the floor with me who would cast ballots, but also obviously to people who were um who would see it later who would watch it later, and particularly those who are deeply impacted by the bill. So that's where my heart was. I think that's obvious and, and clear in the speech that I was I was thinking well beyond the audience that was just in front of me that day. Yes. We see you, we love you, and we stand with you. Yeah. Yeah. Well, keep us posted, as I know you will, as we are officially on the other side of crossover day um, and unfortunately SB 140 passed but that doesn't mean that it, it can go all the way so what what does it mean to be on the other side of crossover day Senator Jackson? Yeah so it just means that all those bills that were in the Senate are now in the House so mm -hmm. um, in order to pass a law in the state of Georgia it has to pass both bodies and um, go at least across the governor's desk the governor doesn't have to sign it Mm -hmm. um, but the governor definitely does, in order for it to become a law, the, the, the governor can't veto it. Uh, so, you know, SB 140 is only one third of the way, if you will, um, to becoming a law. And I actually feel quite optimistic that it probably won't actually make it all the way through the House. Um, and the same is true, though, but there are other bills that are one third of the way through, right? I've got my own bills. Um, we're hearing lots and lots of House bills. Um, I, I will say the Buckhead bill, though. Now, that bill... It died in the Senate, started in the Senate, died in the Senate, and it is dead, 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 dead. Um, so there, you know, like different iterations of life of bills is so weird and strange in this like place because you have things that don't make it across crossover day and yet they mm -hmm. will somehow be revived and show up on another bill. And then there are other things. It's just like, look, y'all, we voted on this. It died. It's, it's gone. <laughs> you know. I mean, surprise. Well, I won't say surprisingly, but I was curious about how the sports betting bill was going to play out. I know that was a, a very significant topic, one of those uh, bills that folks were keeping their eye on uh, on crossover day. So, but I want to say to you, congratulations again, because it's worth noting that your bill, SB 83, made its way. So, yeah, it made On it before the, crossover day, right? Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So setting the tone, yeah. right? Uh, well, we, for our, our listeners, uh, one of the things that we discussed during our live on uh, crossover day from the, the state capitol was that, um, excuse me, one of the things that we discussed was that, you know, oh my God, I lost my train of thought. Sports <laughs> With this sports <laughs> So sports betting came up. Um, it came on the floor both on Thursday and that sports betting bill had horse racing attached to it. And so it died a deep, 
deep, miserable death um, because sport like horse racing is like a non-starter for the governor's wife. It's a non-starter for a lot of people. And so that bill failed like bad. Um, so on Monday, on the day we did the live, sports betting came up a second time, but this time it didn't have any horse racing attached to it. It was a constitutional amendment, so it required two-thirds vote, which is like 36 of us or so. Somebody okay. should do the math. It's 56 times two-thirds, whatever. Well, anyway. Math is not our strong point in this particular space at this current no, moment it's not required <laughs> anyway however many number two-thirds of that body is that's how many votes were required um and it also failed it didn't get anywhere near two-thirds votes um so sports um betting on the senate side both of those bills died and then the house i think after seeing that neither of them passed in the senate the house didn't even take up the matter so they had a bill and it just it just sat there so I think it's pretty safe to say that sports betting is not going to come to Georgia legally um, this year, that it's it's dead for now. And people will try to come back around next year and get it right. But uh, for now, it's, it's a no-go. Okay. Now, Senator Jackson, I didn't want to miss the opportunity. And again, I invite um, our listeners to go back and check out our live. Uh, but you shared that uh, in a recent episode that you were excited to kind of uh, be leading a bill uh, on hemp and things kind of went in a different direction than you anticipated? Yeah, so I was so excited, y'all. It was like the like highlight of the, you know, day was that I was going to carry the big like omnibus hemp bill that's going to, you know, bring down the processing fees and expand licenses and do all these wonderful things. And I was, I was so ready. I was so mm -hmm. ready. And then I got to committee. It was heard in the rules committee. I presented it. It was a bang up presentation too. Like Sharita, I was on it. I was talking about Delta 8, Delta 9, Omegas, all the things. Like I just like know all the hip stuff, right? They thought you were talking about Greek life. <laughs> they probably did. And the first question though that was asked of me came from this like rural legislator who said to me, now, Senator Jackson, uh, can you explain to me why you know so much about hemp? And that Ooh. was the sign to me that this was not going to go nearly as well as I felt like it would. Because, like, okay. I could just, there. I think maybe because I've, like, grown up in the South and spent enough time with, like, white folks, I, I can hear the undertone. I can hear what's not said. Mm -hmm. And what was not being said was, how are you, little Black girl? gonna sit mm -hmm. up in here and tell us all about him like that was kind of the undertone of his question mm. um and it really did it just went downhill from there it it just it never I never I continue to know all about the policy I I really have done a lot of my homework but it was clear that the people who were responsible for doing the politics around it i.e republicans they did not do their work and so that bill crashed yeah. and burned miserably like to me it was laughable how badly wow. that vote turned out all because somebody did not attend to the politics and I feel fully exonerated of this because I tended to the policy 
I manage that. I I let them use my brain to present the bill because they mm-hmm. didn't have somebody who was able to be, you know, well versed in it. I did my part, and then somebody just completely dropped the ball on the politics side. So are you telling me that there's a difference between policy and politics? I am. I'm telling you, you can have the best ideas, the best concepts, and the best things written down on paper to create the greatest laws. And if you can't get the politics right, right, if you can't get mm. people to actually raise their hand to vote for the bill, it it does you no good. And yeah. and that's where I found myself, right? We got the policy right, but the votes ended up being like six to nine. I don't know. It was like a whole side of the room just were like, no. Yeah. I mean, it was hardcore. No. Yeah. Wow. So it, it takes both, right? Um yeah. I mean, and, and that's you know, that's what we talk a lot about my bills and how they're always bipartisan. The bipartisan aspect of my bill is me doing the politics of it, right? Right. Um we often talk about the policy, right? That I have a stocking bill that has this policy that will allow you to be able to get a protective order. But the politics around that is that my second signer is the chair of judiciary, right? right? Um, he's the one who was going to call the bill. He's the one who heard the bill, right? The the politics of it is that my fourth signer is also Republican and she happens to be on the Commission for Family Violence, right? Um, the mm-hmm. politics of my bills is that they're equally balanced. I have mm-hmm. three Democrats signatories and three Republicans, right? Um, that's the politics and then the policy is something really different. Sure. Well, you got your policy and your politics now. What about the pulpit, Senator Jackson? Tell us about your God, your God moment this week. Yeah, that's um, man, I I love that you asked me that question because it makes me like have to think about it, also look for it. Um, <laughs> I I think. I think that if I were going to like kind of highlight a God moment, it actually is probably a connection of multiple moments of watching um, freshmen who, you know, we've cultivated this relationship with them since, since basically the moment they were elected. Right. Um, Those of us who were freshmen (laughs) um, kind of rallied around them and, and really taught them how the process works. And on crossover day, um, Nabila, and Jason both had bills that were heard and they did a fantastic job and Josh. So three out of the four freshmen had bills heard on crossover day and they did a fantastic job. They were confident, they were clear, they knew what they were doing. And that to me, I mean, it felt like, I mean, it felt beautiful. It felt holy, it felt like community, right? Like, I mean, we're gonna kind of talk about God moments and yeah. They have different meanings, but for me, watching on Monday, all of that come together, and it didn't hurt that I also had a spreadsheet that we'd all worked on together <laughs> for all 72 bills, right? That was color-coded. Um, so I'm looking wow. at the spreadsheet that we made together as a community, and then I'm looking at individual members stand up and present bills and and have wins, right? To have those mm-hmm. bills pass. Um, it was just really holy, I think, in the midst of a lot of mm-hmm. chaos, it felt like I was a part of a beautiful, beautiful community that really values working together and was able to celebrate and have success together. 
Yeah, that's really powerful. If you will, I, I would like to share just a little bit of a God moment. It just came up for me as you were discussing yeah. that because I, I did have the opportunity to come and hold space uh, with you all at the Capitol under the Gold Dome on Monday uh, for Crossover Day. However, prior to, as you know, um, I have the privilege to to serve some of the, the best people here uh, in the city of Atlanta with Church of the Common Ground. And prior to coming over to the, the Capitol, we had morning prayer across the way. And anyhow, they took time uh, to pray for the legislators uh, and what was happening on today because they could feel the energy and the buzz going around. So I just wanted to offer that up, not only for our listeners, but for you to know that, you know, the community didn't just pray for you, but they prayed for all of the representatives um, at the Capitol on that day. Oh, that's really beautiful. Thank you. Um, I'm so grateful. It's really great for me to know that there's a community just across the way that I love and that I'm praying for and praying with and um, how good it is to know that they're praying for us too. Um, Indeed. So. I will say that our parishioners are probably like the most connected to what happens in the Capitol (laughs) than like so many people. It's pretty amazing, like how in tune and involved they are, um, particularly given their like social status. Right. So I'm glad that we get to be a part of that. Yes. Yes, indeed. So Senator Jackson, I'm going to honor your time as I know you are, I believe, getting ready to go off to a committee meeting, but uh, the most important thing I can ask you during this time, as always, what's happening at the barnyard? I mean, is, are there any updates? Did, the, did your barnyard feel the energy of crossover day? Have they recovered much like yourself? <laughs> well, they have had some good time with me because, I, as I noted on the live, you know, crossover day morning, I totally just didn't see them at all. I was like, Trina, will get to you in a couple of hours. Um mm-hmm. So we're back on a normal schedule. They are eating their food at seven o'clock in the morning as they expect and quite verbally demand. Um, Cause I'm telling you, they're like, if I'm late, you can start hearing them. Like, and you know, I got one go, Alabama, Trina calls her a faker cause she fake coughs. And she, yes, she will fake cough and she will fake cry to get your attention. So like Alabama is the worst. It'd be like 7.05. I swear she got a watch. She'd be like, it's 7.05. And she starts crying. Start crying real loud. I can hear them all the way in the house. So it's wild. Oh, well, thank you. Well, I, I got a Alabama and I, I, I want to sit down. That's who I need to have an exclusive with. But before I, I, I do believe we have a retraction uh, to share that because, you know, in our episode notes, and uh, I believe episode 37, we talked about how you had finally outsmarted your dogs. But uh, as the latest update is that they have now uh, figured out how to continue in their Houdini ways. So, so you see, I, I feel like, Sharitha, you said you didn't believe in trafficking and shame. And I feel like you're trying, you're trying to get me to feel shame that my dogs outsmarted me. But I, it's okay. They only got out. They got out for like two days. And then I, with my great genius, returned and fixed the fences again. And they've been in for like a solid five days now. So, okay. Well, I think it still stands. I am still smarter than my dogs. 
Excellent, excellent. Well, Senator Jackson, I know that committee meeting is coming up. As always, is there anything that you want people to know uh, before we close out this session? Yeah, so pay attention. Um, there are lots of bills that um, we sent from the Senate over to the House. Those are a number of criminal justice reform bills um, that are, we I spoke about this before, they're criminal deformation bills. Um, so increasing mandatory minimums, um, getting rid of cash bill for a lot of things. All those bills are now over in the House. And so now really is the time to activate. Um, we'll try to get the the numbers of those bills in the, in the meeting notes or in the episode notes here, but um, those things are alive in the house. So be vigilant, pay attention. Um, and please know, like, if you live in town, like you're welcome to come down. We'd love to host you um, here at the office and at the Capitol, just to give you a little sense of what is happening. It's a lot of chaos, but it's also fun. Um, so please know you're welcome. And last but not least, I do still have 11 days left. So I still am looking for pages. If anybody is under the age of 18, but over 12 or 12 or older, let me know, come. We'll host you as a page. You get paid a whole big fat $10. Um, it's $10 what? to spend the day with me being a page coming in and out. Um, would love to have any of the young people who um, you're connected with or who might even listen to come down and be a page. So hit me up really soon if that's something you wanna do. Excellent. Well, thank you, Senator Jackson, for taking time to update us on what's happening under the Gold Dome. That said, you've been listening to another fantastic episode of God, Goats, and Government. Until next time. Be easy, y'all. Please share this podcast with someone you know would enjoy it. Take care, everybody. <laughs>